All right, welcome to the Almost Good Podcast. I'm your host, JDO, with your other host, DJK. Hey, everybody. <laughs> we, we, we fucked it up the first time, so that's actually Dave's second hey, everybody. <laughs> and it's it sounds like a, it's a better, it's a better hey, everybody. It's more it gets, inviting. It's going to get better and better every time we do it. Well, we are on episode 18, actually 19 if you count the lost episode. The redacted episode. Shh, we do not speak of it. <laughs> no. But we're finally, we're getting into a groove here, man. We're getting into a groove and I'm feeling pretty good about it. So the way that the show has been structured and the way that I like it to be structured is before we get into the movie, which is Cam, uh, is there anything, is there anything on your mind, Dave? Is there anything troubling you? Oh, yes. Uh, where should we start? All right. Uh, well, let's, I, I have a question for you. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's it's going to be a deceptively simple question, but uh-huh. do you think you could pull somebody out of a car? Through, now, wait, through the driver's side window. Do you think you could do it? Do I think that I could pull somebody through a driver's? What are we talking? Are we talking about their cars on fire or I'm just pissed off at them or what? Um, either one. Either way, the, the adrenaline would be going. That might help you. Um, but do you think you could physically do it? You know, I think I... Okay, so it would depend on weight, first of all. Um, if it was, even though if it was a light person though, and I had my adrenaline pumping, I think that I would probably hurt my back because that's a weird angle. It it's is. Like you'd have to. You can't really because of the way that you're reaching in. You can't really get into a squat to you know you lift right. with your legs. So you'd, it would all have to be like that jerky motion, and. They wouldn't want to be pulled out either. So you've got you've got elbows and right. things to contend with. Sure, sure. I would well, I I would say yes. I would say it's doable. That would be my 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 final answer with a lot of caveats. Okay. I'm, well, that's what uh, that gives me hope. I'm hoping to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a. Uh, I've told you I'm a new dad, so yes. I've been paying a lot of attention to people speeding down my road. Yeah. So I'm about ready to go like full garp on them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've got this one particular car, this blue BMW, and uh, I was I got close to him this this time, and I thought if I could, I wonder if I could do it. I wonder if I could grab the driver and pull him out of the car because that's the only way we could have like a nice serious conversation. Because here's what happens: he comes flying down the road, but he mm-hmm. has to stop. There's a a little bar in the corner and they're doing this construction. He has to go around that. So no matter how fast he's going past my front door, he has to stop within like 50 feet. Okay. So that's, that's enough time for me to catch up to him. Mm-hmm. But this is the last time it happened. Um, first I did the the typical slow down. Yeah. yeah, and that, yeah. That, did, that didn't work. So mm-hmm. then the next time I ran up to catch up with him and I got up to the car and I was like, slow the fuck. And right before I could finish my sentence, he, took off he right, peeled off right so and this is the kicker he went around the block and then he drove past me leering out the window and laughing at me and then drove oh, on oh boy okay so oh, i've been boy. i've been stewing about it ever since dude and so that's why I'm, i've escalated in my mind like how can i get him out of the car because i can't stop a car you know yeah, only yeah. i would need like what do you need to stop a car you know i, I would need that's that's getting that's getting crazy 
that's talking crazy. Well, there's okay. So we we, we can work this out actually because there there are I'm tricks hoping, here. If, if anybody can help me do this, it's you, dude. Yeah. So the, okay. So first of all, there's that thing that looks like a little metal eyedropper that you can use to smash out car windows. You know what I'm talking about, right? The little the little window smashing pen. Oh, so you so you think? Am I misdirecting my anger? You think the car is the enemy here? No. Well, I think the, that the car is the the thing I can't catch. That's true. Right. So I think that. It would be. It's very. It's very difficult to kind of get him out of the car. But I think that if you were to break a window, I think that he would stop and get out, if only to confront you about his broken window. I think that's the trick to getting somebody out of a car. I don't think you're going to be able to pull him out because, especially if the car's in drive, you know, as soon as his foot goes off that brake, now you have a car out of control problem. So the best course of action is to. Get him to want to get out of the car. Exactly. I like this. Yeah. So, yeah, all right. So this is actually, this might be good advice for, for uh, creative people. Like to, the motivation, he needs to have the motivation to get out of the car. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, it's just going to be a one-sided, this, this one-sided story doesn't have anywhere to go. Right, exactly. But as soon as he's motivated to get out of the car, then something else might. Okay, that's better than what I was thinking. Because I was, I was in, you know, thinking about how I could train myself to do it. I was thinking about putting garbage bags in my front driver's side, driver's seat and pulling them out. Like, can I do it? Right. And then, and I was thinking that it might have a lot to do with what he's wearing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think it would have to be overalls. Like that's the only clothing because mm-hmm. you're not going to, you can't get a handful of his face, right. No. Or his shoulder. Like people aren't made of rubber. So you, you need to get a handful of clothing and overalls is the only thing that seems like it was made to be dragged out of a car. Well, and it's so I think the car also, especially the driver's seat of the car. Or wait, it, or a, a onesie. Yeah, a onesie <laughs> would work too. I think that the driver's side of the car is one of the only cases where not having a height advantage or the high ground actually works in your favor. Not to make too dark of a turn here, but uh, think about uh, Darren Wilson, right? And Mike Brown. Where they they're like scuffling, mm-hmm. right? And he's trying to get into the driver's seat of the car, and he can't right. really make it work. Uh, right. Of course, that's a big dude, but right. it's just it's one of those things where you just have no good angles, right? Unless you're gonna, I mean, from a distance with a gun, obviously you have one hundred percent advantage. But yeah. close quarters, it's just it's the weirdest angle where you just don't. Well, have well any... I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to kill anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody. Right. I just want to talk to him, and I can't talk to them without dragging them out of their car. Right. And I, and I don't even know if that's possible. It's one of those things that you mm-hmm. fantasize about. Like, I don't know if you do this too, when you're in a movie theater mm-hmm. and if somebody's being a problem and you think if I got a hold of them, right. could I, could I throw them? How far could they go? Right. Cause you, cause you think, well, I've got all this angle. I've got all this, all the, it's like the, the stadium seating, like all that momentum, it feels like you'd get it. But I think movies have screwed us up because people in the movies are helping the stunt they're jumping at you know they're they're pushing into it and that's why it looks like you're able to throw human beings around mm-hmm, i don't right. i don't i don't think you're able now without overalls and how am i going to get him to wear overalls like what would i have to do i'd have to i'd have to encourage him to want to wear overalls yeah i would have like I, that means i would have to and if i knew who he was to encourage him to wear overalls then i wouldn't need to drag him out of the car that's the problem yeah, yeah. i think i think lightly damaging maybe not even breaking a window I think maybe just a well-thrown rock at the car, just so it goes yeah. bing off of his back windshield, doesn't even crack it, 
Like that's enough for most people to stop and be like, what the fuck, bro? What the I fuck? Used to, I used to carry uh, pool balls in my car for that very reason. Just to throw them at other cars? Yeah, because I, I didn't You're know what to throw. You're a psychopath, dude. What? That, no, that's who, crazy talk. Hey, who who has never carried pool balls in their car to throw at other cars cast the first stone is all I'm saying. I used to have a baseball bat. See? Yeah. I don't do that. I was after the car. You're after the person. I was after the person, but I also, I grew up in a rough neighborhood, man. I just grew up in a real rough neighborhood. So, and I was a very small boy. I was a very small, I was a very small 16 to 18 year old, uh, pretty much all the way to about 30 year old child. That'll, that'll, that's, uh, that's inspirational. That'll encourage people to, it's kind of like the boy named Sue. You know, if you're a skinny kid, like I was, like you were, um, you kind of have to adapt pool balls (laughs) and pool balls in the car. (laughs) Dude, my one friend Mike, he uh, back in high school. This is why I keep thinking of the the, per, the driver as an extension of the car, and I'm sort of obsessed mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. We're driving around, and he was he was driving too fast in a neighborhood, and rightfully, some neighbor ran out and grabbed him through the car window. Didn't mm-hmm. pull him didn't pull him out of it, but uh, we didn't go we couldn't go anywhere. He had this guy just had a hold of Mike's uh, jacket. And he's just like, you do ever come around here? Get to a fucking driver. And we're just like, okay, we'll leave when he lets go. It was as if he had a hold of the car, this guy. And this wasn't a big guy. This was just some old crazy dude. Yeah, yeah. And by grabbing Mike. Those guys are a lot just, stronger than they look, though. That could be. He could have had that. He could have had that, like, factory strength going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so we got that down. Uh, what's <laughs> What's the next thing that's bothering you? Was <laughs> that just a just a checklist? What's bothering you? Let's we can flip this a little bit. What's okay. Bothering you? Oh, is it my? It's my turn. You can talk. Um, let me think about what is particularly bothering me. I'm once again just annoyed. Uh, you said it the best, man. We were chatting privately yesterday, and we were talking about somebody online who. Um, is always having hot takes, right? Controversial opinions, <laughs> and you very adequately called it the unfrozen caveman syndrome where these people on social media are just like i am but a humble country lawyer i don't know how the world works i was literally unfrozen yesterday but don't you think that but don't you think that saying that white people don't have culture is a bit racist and it's just like yeah let's just strip it of all you know let's because that that's what it was i think if i remember correctly it was a it was a tweet about um, it was one of it was being, like being upset that about those jokes where it's like they well, say was, that white people don't have culture, which to me are usually pretty funny. They're, I think that was that was definitely part of the string of things that I was clicking on. Mm-hmm. I, I think what set me off I, this is even more <laughs> idiotic, but what set me off initially was to make me reach out to you and complain. <laughs> Is when and this is I'm, I probably did it too. I don't even remember if I did though. Is when people say something, something, something. Fight me. Oh yeah, no, you didn't talk to me about that one, but I I'm also that's where annoyed it all by began. that. That's where it all began. Like it just makes me wish that there was someone who was who <laughs> there was a somebody hits a button and somebody's just sent out to fight everyone who says that, that would be because. Great. Because no one has ever said that who has ever been in a fight in their life is my theory. Mm-hmm. And not to mention the people that, you know, there's oh, everybody's punching. Uh, nobody's punching anybody. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, the punch I Nazis mean, thing is getting really, really annoying because you slowly begin to realize that that's not – it's not a, a plan of action. It's just something that people say. 
And they say it. And if they did it, it would be great. I mean, yeah. how many times did right. we pass around? We passed around those two good punches, those two good Nazi punches back and forth for weeks. Yeah. And and then one of them was I, that that Richard Spencer, and the other one was the the black dude who laid that little right chubby guy out. Yeah. And I yeah, and I guarantee he that dude was not on social media talking about punching Nazis. No way. He, because that's. It's like I thought it was going to be a new genre. I was excited, and it didn't happen. And I keep seeing people talking about it, and I just think you've never done that. You've never been in a fight in your life. You, you don't know what you're even saying. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No. I think that, fight. Fight me. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's well. It's all the what. What I've. I wish I could make posts of this that would make sense. But it's kind of when these sort of memes get passed around Twitter. Um, there's another one that's really annoying. It's the, uh, the checks notes one. Have you seen that where, um, you'll be saying something and you're like, Oh, okay. So we're supposed to believe that Donald Trump checks notes. That's that's that internet baby talk. again. I hate that. I hate the checks notes things. And it's always used. Well, not always, but now most recently it's like, it's used as paralanguage. It's not even, it's not even part of a joke anymore. Right. It's all, all these little like fight me checks notes um send tweet is another one where if people say something that's like what what if dogs actually are like people send tweet right and they'll do send tweet at the end because yeah they're, that's bad they're you know, acknowledging that their that their tweet is goofy and that's their like playful baby talk the internet baby talk has gotten way out of hand it's man. fucking terrible there was another one that i kept seeing re- oh uh welcome to my ted t- or thanks for coming to my ted talk. yeah that's another one right that one's fucking annoying um you know i used to actually do the i'm, I'm a guilty of the uh hand over ear piece yeah um, it's it still makes me smile the idea that somebody's just getting but i only do it this is the difference this is the difference i never do it to like uh to like uh, own someone on the internet. I do uh, it when I'm making fun of myself. I do right. it when I when I get new information mid sentence and then like, oh, I'm the asshole. Got it. That's that's when I think it's funny. It's not funny when you're schooling somebody because you're googling shit. You know, it's yeah. you're not doing anything. People are not accomplishing anything. Mm-mm. I only do it when it's a joke, when it's actually a joke, not the big takedown, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I could talk about something else that really annoyed me. Um, sure. So I think that um, liberals in general are, are my current bugbear. And it's not to say that, you know, conservatives are somehow better, but I've kind of just written off conservatives in general. So all of my ire is focused on liberals. Um <laughs> Well, it's the only people that are left to talk to because that's all we are surrounded with, and that's who we apparently are. So mm-hmm. we're we're both full of self hatred and projecting, and also hate a world yes. full of world full of garbage people that happen yes. to align align completely with all of our opinions, but they're right. also garbage. What do you do with that? Right. What do you do with that? Well, there's so there's this podcast that I like to listen to called Red Scare, and uh, one of the girls on the on this podcast. Um, recently got banned from Twitter for calling this uh, guy. They don't say his name on the podcast on their podcast. I know who he is, but I guess I, I won't say it either. But this one guy uh, basically tattletailed on her for saying the word retard um, and got her permanently banned because her and this guy go back and forth a lot. And this dude is a he's like a heir to a textile fortune right 
Uh, he's got like sixty million dollars in inheritance, and he's. he's I, the guy, I already hate him. I already hate. He's, this he's guy. the guy who worked with Shia LaBeouf on the "He Will Not Divide Us" performance art thing. Remember oh, that? Now, now I like him a little bit. Yeah, because <laughs> he's involved with Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yeah, so he's 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 so he's this ultra rich, you know, basically crybaby. And when you go to this guy's profile, it's just a laundry list of people who have said mean things to him. He just talks about how attacked he is all day. And he's wow. just, he's this ultra wealthy guy who way gets change, people. Way to, change, way to change the world with those billions, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Who just goes and tattles on people for saying naughty words. And I think the reason why I tell that story, which is an extremely online story, I realize that, um, is because I'm just, I'm just tired of like this weird tattletale culture that we have, right? Where it's like, Yeah, we've, we've been through this before yeah. where uh, the, what our, the, our standing theory, or at least maybe it was mine, that Gen X had this real aversion to narcs and telling on people. And right. and it's so entrenched in my being that I can't get past it. Even when I know it's wrong, you know, even when I know the person deserves it, I can't get past that, that the idea that somebody's telling on someone. Squealing, yeah. Yeah, and where it's, I think you said that it's uh, with the new generation, it's a virtue because they're, they're weeding out the bad apples, right? They right. feel like they're doing something for, in the long run, they were going to make this place better. Um, but I, I just feel like if, if the, if the goal is to get people to accept that they're pieces of shit, I'm way ahead of you, dude. Like I, I, why I don't need anybody to convince me that, you know, this person you thought was great. Look at this thing they did. Look at this thing they said. They suck. It's like, of course they do. Yeah. Right. I was amazed when they did anything interesting or good. Mm -hmm. So what what are you blowing the lid off of? It's yeah. just to bring everybody back down to this level that I I already was aware of this. Nobody yeah. is convincing me. You don't of have anything. a scoop here. You don't have yeah. a scoop. So um, but, anyway. yeah, I anyway. agree. But how about them movies, dude? Yeah, let's talk <laughs> movies, man. Let's talk about this cam. Let's talk so about cam. this cam flick. Yeah, I'll, cam let, I'll let you start out. out. Well, I was just gonna say it came out of nowhere. I didn't know what it was. I it looked like you know Netflix is. They even made fun of it on SNL this weekend. Netflix has a lot of content. It's got uh, just a. Uh, it would have, the joke on SNL was you in twelve lifetimes you couldn't watch any, you couldn't watch everything that's on Netflix. That sounds true though. Yeah, and I think that's probably a reasonable statistic. And Cam looks exactly like the sort of thing you find at the end of the scroll. Mm -hmm. You're scrolling, 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 and then you know you're looking through the the popular new horror, and you're like, oh, these are getting worse. Mm -hmm. These are getting these are getting cheaper. And Cam looks like something at the very end of that scroll. Yeah, but it, but it turns out it's got some it's got some energy. It had something to do, you know. It does. I'm trying to think of movies that are kind of like that. You know what it reminded, and it the, it was nothing like this, obviously in content, but um, there was a Universal Soldier movie called Day of Reckoning. Oh yeah, that came. It sidelined everybody, right? Yeah, yeah, or and not, it's you know it's it's the side sideswipe, not sideline. Right. It's it's the it's the fourth movie in a series of, you know, pretty bad Jean Claude Van Damme action movies, and then this part four comes out, and it's this kind of neon. Uh, almost like Gaspar No style karate movie with just brutal, you know, uh, awesome fight choreography. And everybody's like, what the fuck? And that's, Cam reminded me of that one because of all the, the neons and the pinks and the blues. But just yeah. the also the idea of this feels like it should have been... Like, like somebody... A, Go ahead. Oh, just like a direct-to-video. Like it felt like it was... It feels like it should have sucked. Like it feels yeah, like, it or, but it was really, yeah. it was really good. And also uh, it's a true B movie where 
you know, the, the, the problem with B movies usually is that a B movie is supposed to be something that's a little hungrier and tries harder and therefore takes chances and fails bigger when it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But, but in the sad thing is that in reality, a B movie is something that just imitates what a, the big movies, the A movies. It's like mm -hmm. here's here's a carbon copy of whatever's in the theater right now, and it's just done a little bit cheaper. That's yeah. not what they that's not what they should have been. Um, Cam feels like an actual B movie where it's there is kind of a genre now of the the computer based thrillers, mm -hmm. um, and that one doesn't spend its whole time on the computer. But I would right. I would argue that the most suspenseful moments take place on the on the mm -hmm. screen within on the screen within the screen. You know, mm -hmm. I really liked how they did that where um, Internet always feels fake in movies almost 100 percent of the time. Yeah. And it does here as well. But um, it feels just as fake as the real life scenes do to actual real life. Right. So there's an artificiality about the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, that, OK. Where the where the Internet being this kind of. I don't know, cartoon version of the internet. Uh, it, it feels like it tonally, it matches the outer world of the movie. That makes sense. I, um, I, I don't know if you were tricked by the beginning, but it suckered me. I, I've got this, this horrible superpower where I can tell when a movie's going to do, but I can only tell seconds before it happens. Right. So, so that only means that it's, it sort of ru ruins the, the enjoyment of it, mm -hmm. but it makes, and it also makes me think, oh, wait, I know what they're – oh, I can't believe that they just did what I thought they were going to do one second ago. Mm -hmm. And Amy makes fun of me like, you're not really doing anything by predicting it one second before it happens. It just means that you can read cues on the screen. <laughs> it just means that you are that you are able to absorb and process information. <laughs> so when I was watching this at the beginning, um, maybe we – we're going to spoil it though. But there's a – they trick the audience into thinking something's happening that isn't happening. And for a second, I thought it was happening. And then when I realized it wasn't happening, um, I was excited that they had tricked me. Even if they – Well, what do you, well go, go ahead and just spoil it. What are you, what are you talking about? So it starts off with a, with a cam girl, a girl who's uh, in her, in her uh, room doing like sexy things for internet losers. And um, she's there's a, an online chat room that she has to kind of ramp up to give tokens to give uh, give her tips so that she makes money on it and gets a ranking. The ranking becomes very important. And so she kind of escalates her sexiness. And on the scroll, you see somebody pop up and uh, she's like, what dildo should I use? And then on the scroll, this guy says, use the knife. And I was like, whoa, that sounds like a scary internet thing. That sounds like that's something that's really happening. Uh -huh. And uh, she busts a knife out. And I'm thinking, why is there a knife in that box? But I'll, I'll roll with it. And then... Uh, the, all the internet um, psychos start like throwing money at her to kill herself, right. which is which is very timely and creepy. Like I thought that was effective, and I thought uh, if she did kill herself in that moment, I was thinking I would believe it. Like if the way that people are so live their lives online, like the mm -hmm. the the energy you would want to keep, you know, rolling there. Yeah. So then she, so then she slits her throat. And that's when it tricked me because she that was part of the gag. That was her chat room does that shit sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I would say that's a fault of the movie and the fact that it really doesn't do that stuff a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, it just did it to trick us at the beginning. But um, but I was on board because it wasn't where I, I thought it went off the rails. I thought this is the this is the end game of a chat room where 
uh, those sort of, you know, incel fucking psychos are throwing money at somebody on the mm-hmm. screen to do horrible things. And plus the whole kill yourself uh, right. thing that, where that's like the go to for the 4chan types. Well, the, so, uh, yeah. the, the, the fake killing herself, I think, is um, so we'll just we'll go over the plot real quick. Essentially, she realizes um, in the second third of the movie, which I'm beginning to realize just how evenly divided movies are these days. Like the second act of the movie begins exactly 30 minutes in. And it's an hour and 30 minute long movie. Okay. So when the second act begins, the first third is mostly just her doing cam girl stuff. And there's some like weird competition between all these girls to see who can get the most um, views. And they do increasingly more extreme things, which I found delightful. I just liked watching it. I thought it was (laughs) colorful and there's like boobs everywhere. So it was pretty tight. Part the second thing comes up and then all of a sudden she she wakes up in her bed and she goes to log on to her um, account and finds out that she's been completely locked out and what happens from there is another another great contemporary nightmare right like right. what if someone stole your identity stole keep your going identity yeah so as the movie goes on actually I'm gonna make a note because I don't want to jump all the way to the end just yet. Do you want to kind of talk about the the movie in thirds? Do you want to talk about each third yeah. of the movie? Let's start yeah. with the first third. Let me write down my thought I was about to go to, and then we'll come back to it. All right. Just some, th- some things I noticed about the beginning that I really liked was um, I spent in Pittsburgh. I was uh, I did a closed captioning job that was in an industrial park very close to a casino. Yeah. Um, and it was in Pittsburgh had gotten the rights to do you know table games and all the card games and so it was a real casino and so i would go there when my shift would end at like 11 30 at night yeah. uh, there was not a whole lot to do so the casino is of course open all night and uh until i got it out of my system i would go there and it had these sad sounds like you'd walk in there and the, the, all those bleeps and bloops were so depressing and it, people were still smoking in there even though it was you know late 2000s yeah yeah uh, well you can still and, do that in most casinos still. right yeah so it, so it smells like sadness and the, the something about those noises like the the um purposeful happy noise of a computer mm-hmm. game because mm-hmm. all the you know there's a lot of computerized roulette and computerized blackjack right this this movie i thought nailed that vibe where Usually I'm annoyed with the chirping computers. Like computers don't make that much noise in real life. They never click and whistle and beep. Mm-hmm. But hers did. And it made sense in this because it just reminded me of how sad those guys are. Yeah. Like, yeah. like they're when they're talking and they're excited and their little uh, little emoji uh, boners are popping up and their mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. and all those little icons and it just kept making those little casino noises and I thought they've really nailed the sadness yeah. of, and, of inter- and, internet existence. You and know? And a note that I, I actually made while I was watching it was that our protagonist, Alice, um, she at least for the beginning part of the movie, and I think for most of the movie, if I'm not mistaken, she's never kind of without a device. And she'll go from right. her, her laptop to kind of her cool porno setup to her phone. Mm-hmm. And she, it'll just be this rotating thing. And when she walks, messages. when she walks from room to room, she holds the computer out in front of her. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, but then she'll check the phone, de- you know, uh, deny the call. Oh, time to video chat someone, oh, power up the laptop. Oh, here comes the computer. Hold on. Give me just uh, here's one second. I think Rios is coming home. So there's going to be a little bit of noise. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. 
All right, back. All right. Um, but wait, well, what was I? Oh, yeah. So she's just basically always connected. She's never not connected. Right. And she's got, um, she's got a, pr- uh, so this is something that exists. This wasn't a, um, like barely in the future kind of internet black mirror kind of thing. What she's doing is, is a thing, right? That's, there are people that, uh, have that existence where Mm -hmm. you can, you can afford to, this is what I was going to ask you. I couldn't quite figure out the setup. Like I liked the idea that she did this in the privacy of her own home. And then Mm -hmm. the psychos kind of intrude on her. Um, but there was also this weird, uh, house of, girls doing it which reminded me of the old like phone sex um like girl six those days of mm-hmm. everybody's everybody goes to the office to go in your cubicle and, and talk to the losers mm-hmm. instead it seemed like they were doing that as well and um so was she they all lived in the same compound or something or did i just I was watching it too quick i think that what that was was um kind of a yeah i guess sort of a 21st century version of a whorehouse i think that the the purpose of a place like that would be functional so that the girls could kind of cross pollinate each other's channels easily, you know, and do like, uh, shows together and, you know, utilize (laughs) all the neat gear. There's a, the scene that actually ends the first third of the movie. So Alice is trying to break into the top 50 and there's this other cam girl who has it out for her, who, uh, is, you know, basically doing strip teases in order to knock her ranking down and Alice, in a, you know, act of hubris, decides to ride something called a Vibratron. Um, so I think that this kind of internet whorehouse that she goes to is just there to sort of provide atmosphere, toys, and other girls. To uh, open up, pro- open up the movie a little bit. Yeah. Did you notice that? Um, did you notice her rival was uh, the Love Witch? Have you seen the movie The Love Witch? No, I never saw it. It's it's interesting. It's a great throwback. It's like in beautiful 35 millimeter, grainy, lots of pastel colors, mm-hmm. um, very earnest. You know, it's not a, it's it's not a um, one of those ironic throwbacks. Uh-huh. Uh, if anything, it's a little boring. You've got a, a solid two hours. It looked of, a little boring to me. I think that's why it, I skipped it. It's a little boring, but it's it's great to look at. Um, but that's her. She was the uh, main the main girl in the love witch. Oh, okay. Right on. So, so basically the movie really starts kicking off and I think becomes really, really effective in its second third, which is where she loses her identity. And they do a really good job of making Alice, um, not a stupid person. She does every single thing that I thought of that she could do. She pretty much does. But then, and then the movie shows you why it wouldn't work. My first thing was, Oh, make a new account. And she right. tries to do that, but no, of course, you know, her ID is already on file, right? Because the mm-hmm. account that she's been locked out of has been sort of um, possessed by some kind of demonic entity. Well, is... let, we should, yeah, look, can I back up for real yeah, quick? Yeah, of course, yeah. The I thought it was such a great twist, the first twist there, because she she literally gets her identity stolen. Um, there's actually, uh, have you ever read Harlan Ellison's Shatterday? No. When I when I described the very simple opening of Shatterday, you're going to be amazed at how similar it was. For a minute, I thought you better not get sued by the poltergeist of Harlan Ellison here because uh, <laughs> you had to wait for him to die for his yeah. litigious ass to die. Right. So here's how Shatterday starts: a guy, 
uh, kind of a sad or slash normal guy. Um, he's making a phone call and he accidentally calls his own phone number uh-huh. and, and then he answers. Oh shit. And that's his reaction is what the fuck? Well, because he did that, he slowly starts to realize that this other, I haven't read it in a while, that this other him is ta- slowly taking over his life. No one can really hear him. No one can really uh, notice uh-huh. him. People just start to tune him out, and this other person in all aspects of his life start to, starts to inject itself. It's like he he kicked off this virus by calling himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and um, mm-hmm. so when this happened, I was so excited because I thought um, that reminds me of this great thing I read once. And I also didn't know where she was going to go with it. But it's such a great update because with identity theft and the idea that you can see this person and it's like, is that a tape? Did somebody tape record me? Does some, how are they? Is fuck it somebody, somebody who just looks me? exactly like her? Yeah. yeah. So to, for the people that haven't seen it yet, or um, just to clarify, she goes on to her chat room and she can't log in and she notices that it says she's online already. So uh-huh. she goes to the, she clicks the icon where her little chat room, you know, uh, resides. And there she is in her, you know, uh, satin room with her little hot tub or whatever. And, and she's talking apparent in real time, apparently talking to the, her, her fans who know her very well. And she's like, what the fuck? That's not me. Mm-hmm. And, and then, the, so she starts logging in to try to, to see, does this, is this a tape? And that's the creepiest part I thought was when the, the other, her leans forward to read what she just typed on her end of the computer. Like, Oh, we got yeah. somebody new here. I thought that was really cool. That was really effective. Yeah. I thought that was really neat too. And, um, so my first initial thought was that when she had done the suicide play at the beginning, my thought was like, oh, maybe she really did kill herself, right? And now she's in like cam girl hell or something. But then it kind of made me think maybe that initial act of fake suicide um, in, in her show at the very beginning, maybe that confused the entity or something like that and caused it to copy her. Because what we yeah, find out- questions about that yeah. i couldn't quite follow it what we find out in the third act is that the number one cam girl on this website is actually not real and uh the woman who was the cam girl had actually died six months prior and some kind of copy of her that exists only online continued to live um as a cam, yeah. as a cam girl in the number one spot, right? And Which of I, course I did, is a metaphor for you know the internet being permanent and nothing ever going away. It's a little, it's a little on the nose, but it was. It's but a I, very, I love the. It's very the creepy. Num- how about that number one cam girl? How lazy she was. Right. I liked that she. Cause she's doing all this effort, you know, she's faking suicide and she has like a little, uh, a little steak dinner and there's all these, uh, this effort to be interesting. And she, uh, sometimes she goes to look at the number one, uh, chat room to see, well, how is that person holding that spot? Mm-hmm. And that person is just literally laying on a bed going, Hey everybody, what's, uh, what I'm do you so want to do? Bored. Do you want to do anything? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's, just, it's like the, even the evil entity just doesn't have to work when it gets to the top. Yeah, know? exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, oh, actually, you know what? I do kind of want to amend um, the evil part of the evil entity. One of the great flips that I think that they do in this is that in the, um, at the, in the third act of the movie, when Alice is beginning to understand that this entity exists, what you find out is that it's not malevolent. It's actually right. just kind of, it's, it's kind of re- dumb, 
actually. It's the it's the result of being on the computer too much. The computer um, kind of kicked in a, a self preservation thing or something. I got the idea it was like a benevolent force, yeah, that just mm-hmm. was going to try to exist and, and fill the gap that was needed. There's a hint that when she, this is where I thought it lost me a bit. She's and it's it, it's good for the real world stuff where people that are obsessed with her start to track her down in real life. And um, so there's this real creepy loser who, uh, and it turns out that he's, there's like that, that nasty moment when she, ca- she, she meets the guy and then the guy is like jerking off to this other girl on in the bathroom that's, that's she, to one of the fake people. And she realizes that he's just sort of a groupie of the, the fake chat rooms yeah and right. you know, the, the thing and so it kind of and he knew and, that it was going to get her he's like I can, yeah i can tell when it's going to get somebody yeah so that's what i was wondering does it mean that he knows when when somebody in a chat room gets a little desperate and they start to ramp up their efforts that's when the copying happens yeah. that's when yeah. the computer takes over and I, I, don't, I guess it's it's just a way of punishing you for trying too hard or I thought maybe it was at first I thought, does it do it when there's enough material? Like it's finally has enough days because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. she, she had those Brett Kavanaugh calendars. Right. She was checking off. Here's a day. <laughs> is this the day when I did the hot tub? This is the day when right, I was right. when I was exercising for them. So she has all this material. And maybe that's mm-hmm. when the computer's like, I got enough stuff to work with. Now I can just be autonomous. And it's also it's also working and borrowing from the other ones, too, because how she realizes uh, what's going on is that she realizes the number one cam girl is directly repeating dialogue right. that, that her facsimile was repeating as well, right? Uh, which is, hey, it gets, you, it gets, what's that? Uh, can you hold on one second? Yeah, um, of course. I'll be right back, just okay. a sec. Okay, can you still hear me? Yes, welcome back. Yeah, I had to help bring a, a baby and groceries in the front door. Cool, cool. Okay. Well, we can... Uh, yeah, uh, we can pick up, I guess, with um, what were we talking you were, about. You were talking about the um, the creepy guy and how uh-huh. he he could tell when when the copying was going to take place. Oh, right, and then it's also it's also pulling from a, a shared kind of uh, store of dialogue, uh, so dialogue and scenarios and things like that. And um, there's this great scene where it actually does one of her. Uh, suicides but it actually like shoots itself in the mouth and that's I think when you realize that it's not uh, you know not a human thing right right um, because it's like it's it's mimicking what she did at the beginning where she cuts her throat but in a much more graphic kind of way and of course the online losers love it right they're like oh hell yeah shoot yourself in the mouth <laughs> And, right, uh, but I, but you know what I thought was interesting about this though is that you know we keep calling them losers, and of course they are kind of weirdos. But the movie doesn't really seem to have much of a comment on on those guys, right? See, I, mean, I didn't, it, I didn't pick it up as much as Amy did when we were watching it. She's like, they sure made sure every guy in this movie is a piece of shit, yeah. and I thought, oh yeah, I guess they are. They, well, piece, they pieces of shit, but like. But not like the weird, creepy, like the worst guys are the like the kids, obviously, who sort of slut shamer at that party for, you know, whatever. And did you notice that it was kind of weird to have that character who she meets in the in the convenience store? You, or, you yeah. know, like that character kind of didn't go anywhere. I was sort it of did. surprised. 
it, it's there was a it felt like there was some tension between the real world stuff and the computer based stuff, and there was probably more a lot more they could have done in the real world that I thought would have been really effective. Like there's um when she first so so she goes to a party she goes to a birthday party and uh, she's got uh, the, all these little teens have, have discovered that she does this chat room thing and so they're looking at her porn on on their phones. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting there is. I feel like that was a missed opportunity. Um, if we were still script doctoring, I would script yeah, doctor. Yeah, let's script doctor it. Yeah. Why, why script doctor time. I would just change this one thing. Do you remember how um, – so the tension is, oh, no, they found her chat room. And then they're, they're like chasing each other, trying to get the phones away from each other. And then they show it to her – is that her mother or her sister? Her mother, and her, yeah. And her mother's like, oh, my God. And then – she's sort of outed in that moment. Mm-hmm. I, I think it might've, cause this happens after she's been copied. So it seems like a wasted, wasted opportunity that that's something that might've happened to her in real life anyway. But since the movie is about the idea of the movie is what's different about this day in the life of the cam girl, what's different is that she's been copied and can't get online. So she doesn't have control over the rep, the, the like the representation of her image online. Mm-hmm. So if what I would change is I would make that, copied version get more extreme mm-hmm. i would make because she was it was sort of a it was definitely an r-rated chat room she was doing mm-hmm. depending on what well what we saw but maybe if it escalated to something that she would actually be not wanting people to see right well it kind of does that, that right because it starts to tell the guys that you know remember she has her rules at the beginning she never tells her chat room guys that she loves them and what's the first thing once it oh, copies? Oh, I, like, I missed that. I missed yeah. that. Yeah, once once it once she gets copied, the copy tells that creepy loser that it loves him, right? And he shows up with the flowers. Oh, see, I, oh, I missed that. Script doctor revoked. <laughs> well, no, but I like the idea of it being even more extreme, right? Like, well, just, well, just enough to make to justify that big scene because that's probably the longest and most dramatic scene is at that party where people realize that that's what she does for a living, and to have her be because it's already creepy black mirror type stuff where you can't control your image you can't get it back Mm -hmm. but the idea that it would go on without you and it would start to embarrass you Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. i think that's a new level of cringy that they could have done yeah if she was like eating out of a dog bowl or something (laughs) right right yeah i see what you mean yeah yeah so anyway yeah yeah, it was um i like that stuff i like that real world stuff and i feel like that was kind of a different movie because the the claustrophobic chat room stuff in her room that she had all decorated with what she thought people wanted, you know, it was kind of like, uh, what's that twilight zone, the movie, um, episode with a little kid who can have everything has made the house into like a Looney Tunes thing where everybody eats candy apples every day. And the, everything's at these Dutch angles and all these colors. I like the idea that if you were to represent a room, the way like a, an internet, a sad sack would want a woman to look, mm-hmm. it would look like that, you know, brightly colored, um, glittery nightmare that she had created. Well, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, did you have, there's one more thing that I wanted to talk about that's actually not movie related. So did you have any more thoughts on cam? Um, I just wanted to compare it briefly to searching cause I watched that right after. And I, uh, I think I told you don't, Maybe don't bother watching it. Yeah, I um, but ironically, I'm telling you that because it's better. Oh. And so, so why do you want to waste your time with a good movie? Right. You know, it's right, it's right, not right. – there's not a lot of uh, – it doesn't take a lot of chances. But I would say it's a much more polished version. It's also 
I shouldn't say version, but it's a computer-based thriller. Everything is on the screen. Oh, I've seen the previews for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it does it does pretty well with what it's doing. You know, it's um, the uh, like they find ways to to do. And Cam did this in some ways with with uh, moving the movie to the to those conversations and making the little images be part of the like so it became almost like hieroglyphics those images meant more than just what they meant in the conversation right mm-hmm. yeah um and so when this movie's searching so you're looking at the screen and like in the corner it'll say the norton antivirus software hasn't been updated for 600 days so then you know that's how long that that particular person has been grieving the loss of someone they haven't been on the computer in 600 days mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so that's how you get that information um there's like a he kind of multitasks on his own camera. You'll see him pacing while the phone calls are kind of ticking off in the corner while these other characters or their little profiles or these little thumbnails. And what I thought was the best version of that, how it really mirrored um, uh, like a, a thriller where you're trying to track someone down, the missing girl thriller, mm-hmm. is the – is the movie pans back for a second to show the screen of his computer in its entirety. And it's covered with these thumbnails and all these thumbnails are like the last places she was seen, the last person she was with. So it looks exactly like those, you know, the big board with the yarn connecting Mm, all the, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so, so the, the whole background, you know, just kind of has a landscape with all these little, it could be Polaroids of all the suspects you know, I thought that was very clever. Um, yeah, yeah. It seemed like a. It's there. There. You know, what was the other one? There's the horror, the horror genre jumped on this first, right? With like unfriended, I think. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. The dark web or whatever. The dark web. Yeah. yeah, and that that to me is a little corny, but it does seem if done correctly, there's just there's a lot of opportunity for crime. I think like techno thrillers, um, and I also think there's a lot of opportunity for stuff like Cam, where you get a little surreal because we haven't yeah. really film yeah. especially that, has not that's... really wrestled with just how weird and kind of uncanny and eerie the internet is right? yeah and i and that's what searching didn't do and that's why i, I figure i mean you could watch it if it's free but i had to rent it on itunes for like six bucks if it shows up on netflix i'll steer you towards it but mm-hmm. it's um it, it's really well done but it's also it's it's a very easy pg kind of movie it's very family friendly um, there's sort of a crossover in the middle where I, I feel like Cam is similar. Remember how, uh, you know, Cam has all these these conversations going, and in searching, there's this thing called MyCast, which I guess is a real it's a real thing, and they also take advantage of those moments in searching where he'll type some, he'll something will show up on the screen, and you'll get to see him lean forward and read it, or you'll see who he's talking to, lean forward and read it, so that. There is a, a almost a physical connection where somebody leans forward to read the creepy thing that's coming up, and it kind of reveals that if, whether that person is really there or not. Mm-hmm. Those mo- those moments are in both movies, um, and there's like some of it's really on the nose too. Like in searching the, there's like a catfishing thing going on. This girl had been talking to someone they thought was someone else for many months, so when that reveal happens. It's done in a very logical way. You know how you said in Cam, she went through the motions of what you would do if you were right. locked locked out. So in this, it's the same thing. Like you see him click in the corner and it's like, hey, you can almost hit, see the wheels turning. Like he thinks, I've seen that picture before. And then he takes that picture and he does a Google search. And it's like, oh, that picture is a, 
is is in public domain is like a hand model or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a minute, that's where I've seen that. And then he lines them up and you see him going through all these motions. And for people that want amateur detective stuff, I would recommend it. Um, but by the time it's over, um, it just dissipated from my brain like a like like dandelion seeds. It went. It's poof. never. It's those things are <laughs> never satisfying. I think that. Um, well, no, that's not true. They're satisfying in the moment. So puzzle movies and you know amateur detective type stuff. But the I think the problem is is that there's there's a real. It can never really go beyond that. And this is where I think that I've read online sort of criticisms of Cam about like oh it got too mystical and too occulty and too, you know, there weren't any hard answers, but that's where, that's where I start thinking about it anyway. Exactly. That's I, how, I gave that's it some it thought later. Yeah. Yeah. The, but it's, the, the only thing I would say searching has over cam is there was um, a real clever way of, you know how, when you're, um, when you're typing something uh, and then you change your mind and you back up and delete it and you don't send it mm-hmm. um, in searching, there's a couple times well, there's several times where somebody will be talking to someone else and they're talking on the little chat room or whatever, or Google talk or whatever the fuck it's called, um, or messenger. And you'll see them type up what they were going to say and then they erase it and they never send it. And it happens enough where it becomes like an internal monologue. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's mm-hmm. taking the place of, if you were reading it on, in a book, it would be the, it would be in italics, right? It would be their right. thoughts. Right. Um, but he, and you don't want, a voiceover narration to tell you that. So that's a way to do it. That's an interesting new way to do it where all of those not sent messages, the the viewer got them, but the other character didn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I thought that was pretty clever. I don't think, I don't remember that happening in cam. Um, but there might've been a similar move with, with the typing of the message. Uh, um, when it floats in that limbo between two people, um, and when it's just for the audience, I think that's a cinematic move. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. So you had mentioned that you solved racism. That's what I was curious about. <laughs> oh my! Well, this is—it was mostly was to get you to call me back, but I will—I did actually solve racism in a in a way. I've solved the mystery of. Okay, so I was—I saw another one of those clips where somebody was—you've uh, seen—you've seen a lot of these where um, there's a road rage incident goes bad, then somebody starts just firing off a bunch of racial slurs. Mm-hmm. So, someone someone records them and outs them on on the internet. They lose their job. Their life is, uh, is exposed. Yeah. Uh, move on to the next one. Right. And it, it sort of led to a debate about um, in those moments, that person, you know, that let's say they had a road rage experience and let's say, let's give the, the, the other person, we'll, we'll give the racist the benefit of the doubt as far as let's say the person on the did something wrong on the road mm-hmm. so they, they follow them home which is already crossing that line sure. but then but then they see that it's um, a minority and so they will start firing off the racial slurs because in their mm-hmm. in their reptile brain they they go they race to the bottom and they think how can i quickly hurt this person hurt. yeah exactly how can i hurt this person verbally as fast as brutally as i can um and the the one video i had seen the guy had uh the name of his um, company on the door of his truck mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> as he's spewing out this stuff. And this guy's recording. He's like, I can't believe this guy's there goes his job. I can't believe you're doing yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. I and remember that just, one. Yeah. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. It was, it was one of the, it's one of the classics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it just got me thinking that. Um, so this guy, 
you could you could almost see that guy lose control as he was spitting out the slurs, mm. like he he was it was like a little kid exploring new words. Right. Like I can't, I can't believe the power of these words they're having. Uh-huh. I mean, the guy looked like he had you know like like dumb as a fucking box of rocks, right? Mm-hmm. So it just got me thinking about the idea of there isn't an equivalent word for white people, and it's sad because there I wish there was. You know, yeah. some, they never stick. You know, the cracker was supposed to be, it didn't stick. Honky didn't stick. Yeah. They're never they all they're sound ne- too goofy, I think. They're all too goofy. They're bad. They're never good enough. And then I realized what had happened. And what had happened, it's it's interesting you bring we're talking about this movie, because sort of a word virus happened where mm. what happened was the the, you only needed one word and the N word was weaponized to turn on its user. Mm. So you don't, you don't need a second word to destroy the white racist. They just need to say that word and it's, it turns back on them mm. and all you have to do is capture it. Just like you have to capture it in a bottle. You just capture it on film yeah. and, and it will, it's, it just detonates in right. the mouth of the person that uses it. That's infinitely more powerful than whatever white equivalent word somebody tried to come up with. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, it does. So, and so because I I can't really verbalize it, I I might've been able to verbalize it in the moment that I texted you where I said, call me back. I solved racism. Right. 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 (laughs) But now I can't really verbalize it, but it made me think that something happened there that was kind of like the word virus movies and the word virus genre, something necessary happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, if you think about the word as, uh, like an entity that needs to exist by harming people. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because through, you know, starting out with slavery and up till maybe the 1960s or seventies, it specifically fed on black people and then black people started reclaiming it. Right. And, you know, using it. I mean, I'm sure they used it amongst themselves before that time, but let's just say hypothetically, that's when it really started getting reclaimed. Well, this entity still needs to eat. Yes, right? it needs to like, eat, dude. I love when this is going. Yeah, and it's, so it's like, <laughs> oh well, I can't, I can't hurt these people anymore with this. And then yes, the gift, what... the fucking gift of the internet came by, and the N word entity was like, "Fuck yes, I'm, I am about to feast." <laughs> and it has feasted ever since. See, I knew, I knew you were the right person to call to ver- to verbalize. These are the thoughts I was having. I thought something is happening. Something is happening where something is has become self-aware and it has yeah. turned on its mouth. Yeah. The mouth that utters it is being destroyed, and there's something kind of shatterday about that. Something kind of I don't know. Anyway, I love it. Yeah, you should write a story about that or something. That's, a, that's definitely a story waiting to happen. I'll just wait for someone else to do it, just like they steal our jokes. They do it all the time, dude. Can we just can we just close <laughs> out the episode talking about like guys? Listen. All, all you out there who are listening to this, and then you know, a week later or two weeks later, we see the jokes that we made on here repeated by you online. By the entity. By the entity. Can you can you guys just can you guys do us a huge favor Throw and instead, us a like. instead of doing that, could you just maybe share the podcast with people? Like awesome. it's it's like we get we get to this point where um because we were kind of talking about this where it's almost like we become a just kind of like a feeder for everybody else to go to their own little individual audiences and appear to be very clever. And it's like, and get there's like 600 likes, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, instead of doing that, could you just go to those exact same audiences and be like, Hey, this is a pretty good show that we, that I like that I have been cribbing from for the past few months. Uh, just, just throw us a fucking bone. We see you. It's not that we don't see you. We, we, we get it. 
And, so and Dave so and I close. are both very close to being unhinged, uh, you know, very, <laughs> we can, very muscular, aggressive men. So we been, will kill you. We've been copied and we don't like it. We don't like it. We're, these these two cam girls have been copied, and we don't like it. We're watching our own, you know, our own dialogue be put spit back to us. We're just, it's, it's pretty exact. We don't want to get too into the specifics of it because it'll show us to be the true psychopaths that we are. But we do have uh, individualized lists of things that have been cribbed from stuff that we said. So we know. We got you. Yeah. Sweet. That that went full circle. I love it. Yeah. All right. And that'll do it for episode 18, man. All right, dude.